All right, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Gabe DeArmond here with you for the uh, fourth day in a row, fourth of six. We'll be uh, we'll be here all week long, same YouTube channel. This is Opposition Research brought to you by Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones. And for the first time, uh, this is the third week of the show, but the first time we've got an actual football game to talk about because it is game week. It is football season, Missouri and Central Michigan, three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, but first of all, hey, we got bills to pay. That's what we do at the beginning. Uh, when it comes to your financial future, it's important to work with somebody who takes time to understand you and your situation. Edward Jones and Stuart Eastman are those people. They'll take a step-by-step approach to identify your goals and develop specific strategies to help you achieve them. Contact me to, or contact him. Don't contact me. You can contact me. I can tell you how to get in touch with Stuart, but better off to contact him directly and see how his personal service can make a big difference for you. There's the number there, 573-817-3108. He's over on Rainbow Rainbow Trout Drive in Columbia. You can find them at edwardjones.com. They'll list all their financial people. I've used Stuart for years for my um, investments in, in family financial stuff, so I recommend you guys do the same. And with that, we are going to turn our attention to Mizzou and Central Michigan, 3 p.m. on Saturday at Furrow Field. First time many fans have been in Furrow Field in a long time. And uh, we're talking to Christian Boer, who is the Central Michigan beat reporter for football beat reporter for Central Michigan Life, which is the student paper up at CMU. Christian, appreciate you taking some time this afternoon, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Thanks for having me. So uh, first things first, before we get into anything about this game, Jim McElwain going to be in Columbia? Do we know? Well, he hasn't officially been ruled out. I mean, what a crazy 24 hours. Uh, you know, we were scheduled to speak with him at noon on Wednesday, and that got moved back, and didn't really think much of it. And then news drops about 3 p.m. that that he's not, or he's going to be undergoing surgery for appendicitis. So, mm-hmm. a crazy turn of events there. Um, like I said, he hasn't officially been ruled out. We talked to assistant head coach Tim Skipper, who is the acting head coach right now, and he said they're hoping it's one of those 24-hour deals where there can be a quick turnaround and he can get on the plane. Uh, however, I don't know how likely that is. Uh, and, yeah. and so for the, the safe bet for the time being is that Tim Skipper is going to be the head coach on Saturday. I mean, there was a time where we would have thought, man, head coach being ruled out two days before a game, this is nuts. But now this is just apparently what college football is, right? We're moving games all yeah. over the country. There's guys in and out. Last year, Missouri played a game with 49 guys. Like This is just what we do now. You can adjust on the fly and uh, – and apparently Central Michigan's going to. Uh, I, I personally want to put in my vote for the Hugh Freeze hospital bed to make an appearance. If, if McElwain could do that from a suite, that'd be great. That'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how well you know, Jim, but pass that on. Everybody in Columbia is rooting for that. Um, honestly, though, like what really changes if he's not here? I know he's he's the guy, right? And, and he's uh, 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 certainly a notable head coach, and he brings a presence on the sideline. But but what do you think really changes if it's not Jim McElwain on Saturday? No, that's a great question, actually, because Coach McElwain worked with Tim Skipper at Colorado State way back when. Uh, Skipper was actually his assistant head coach for two years, the last two years that McElwain was with the Rams. And then they worked against together at Florida. So these two know each other really well. And I think that they've been working in lockstep. Um, as far as decision-making, I think that's the only thing that really could change just because they might, Skipper and McElwain, that is, may not always be on the same wavelength. 
Mm-hmm. So really in the grand scheme of things, I don't think a ton changes. We've tried to figure this out and haven't really been able to. Is Jim McElwain the guy that calls plays for Central Michigan or not? Well, he wasn't for uh, the past two years, and that those responsibilities went with offensive coordinator Charlie Fry. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that Fry is gone, he's with the Miami Dolphins as the quarterback coach. Uh, we, we still have yet to find out exactly who's going to be the official call, play caller. Uh, new offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe is just being promoted from wide receivers coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if those duties fall in his hands. But then again, McElwain could be the one calling the show. Um, so, and again, if that's the case, then maybe that changes as well because Skipper is the linebackers coach as well as being the assistant head coach. So okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and, and throw it out there that probably Barbe is going to be the guy calling the plays and on Saturday. You never know. Some of these coaches are such control freaks that McIlwain could seriously be like, we're going to wire up a headset and I'm calling plays from my living room, right? I, I mean, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing. <laughs> I mean, you could thing. do that. Yeah. Uh, so it, more important than than the guy standing on the sideline or, or who's calling the plays is is what kind of talent Central Michigan has. And I I know the the quarterback race expanded from you guys went into camp thinking that it was probably a two person race and then it kind of became a three person race. Uh, do you really know what to expect uh, on Saturday afternoon? Well, I think as a whole, we thought we knew what to expect going into Saturday. Our our general first impressions um, were that they were going to have one guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, all signs pointed to that being Jacob Sermon, the Washington transfer, former top recruit in the state of Washington, one of the biggest highly recruited quarterbacks out of that 2018 class in the entire country. However, I think the general impression is he hasn't run away with this thing like a lot of people thought he was. And at the same time, you've got Tyler Pape, who was a he's a 2020 signee. Mm-hmm. And when the Mid-American Conference initially canceled the season, freshman guys like Pape went home and they ended up gray shirting last season. Uh, did have a couple of freshmen from that class stay and get valuable experience. But Pape was one of the guys that went home. And as a result, he kind of got set back. Didn't really think he had a chance uh, to be in the running this early, at least in his career. But McElwain's been super impressed with him. And I think that's why you've got all three guys as opposed to it just being the two in Sermon and Daniel Richardson. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about uh, about Sermon and how he ended up at Central Michigan. Was it connections from McIlwain having recruited him when he came out of high school and ended up at Washington? With, with Sermon, it was, it was a dynamic of things. So when he went into the portal, it was essentially because he had two opportunities to win the starting job, couldn't do it. You know, Washington's going to bring back the starter. So he wanted to go somewhere where he could play. And there's still plenty of talent with Jacob Sermon. He had Power 5 schools calling him. However, Central Michigan just had the right fit. They had Coach McElwain, who's a guy who knows what it takes to win in the NCAA. This team's one in the MAC. They've got one of the best returning rosters in the conference. And basically what it boiled down to was Sermon was going to have a chance to compete for the job right away on a winning football team. And, you know, some may look at it, well, it's the MAC, but at the end of the day, it's a place to play. And we've seen people come out of Central Michigan and go play in the pros. I mean, talk about Sean Murphy Bunting, Eric Fisher. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, and and hey, let's not let's not knock the Mac and quarterbacks. I mean, uh, there there've been some guys, you know, Byron Leftwich and and Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm dating myself a little bit here. I know you were probably like four <laughs> when those dudes came out of the Mac, but uh, but but they they've turned out some guys over the years. So regardless of who the quarterback is, I mean, 
What's the general, this is kind of a terrible question, but I'm not going to lie and pretend I know everything about Central Michigan, right? So what, what's the general desire on offense? What's, what's kind of the bread and butter for this team, regardless of who the guy taking the snaps is? Well, it's going to start and stop with Khalil Pimpleton, number 88, a junior wide receiver. Only stands 5'9". He's not going to blow you away the first time you look at him. However, once you get to see him play, you're going to, I mean, it's going to change your entire outlook on him. Super fast, can do a lot of things and does them all well. He's going to touch the ball from the second he steps on the field. He's not going to handle kick returns on Saturday, but he is going to be the punt return guy. And so if Central Michigan gets a stop, you're going to see Khalil Pimpleton get the ball in his hands. And then when the Chippewas take the field on offense, guess what? He's going to be right back getting the ball. So mm-hmm. last season, played all six games, and I mean, he did a variety of things. I mean, you look at his stat line, he threw a touchdown. He ran for a couple touchdowns. Uh, Chippewas hosted Western Michigan last year, and, and Khalil had three rushing touchdowns, and all three of them were, you know, he'd taken the snap. He's doing it from the quarterback position. Um, so that's kind of where the offense starts and stops. Uh, another place to look is running back, obviously leading rusher Kobe Lewis. Uh, done for the foreseeable future right. with a non-contact knee injury. Uh, but, you know, hand the keys to Lou Nichols, who was just as good, if not better, last year. So uh, that offense has the potential to be pretty solid with all the playmakers that they have. The one thing that, that I know kind of happened in camp that could have a big impact is Derek Smith on the offensive line uh, enters, the, uh, enters the transfer portal. How big a hit was that up front? And what does Central Michigan look like up front going against a, a, an SEC defensive line? Well, if you look at it in terms of experience, it's a huge hit. I mean, Derek Smith's coming back with about his sixth year in the program, and he started pretty much every single one of them. So to lose that is tough. But at the end of the day, uh, Jim McElwain and company feel very confident with what they have up front. Um, You look at that right guard position specifically, and you're looking at two guys here, Titan Ferris and Deontay Powell-Woods. Both guys played as true freshmen. Both of those guys saw it. Didn't start, but they saw really, really valuable time, you know, experience on that Mac West division and Mac championship um, qualifying team. So they have valuable experience as well, not to the caliber of Derek Smith, but however, these two guys here are more than capable of filling in. All right, let's let's flip over to the other side of the ball. And um, Central Michigan, I think, to be generous, had a little difficulty stopping the run last year. Um, right? That would be uh, that would be fair to say. Now, look, it's a six game season. You don't try to draw too much out of twenty twenty. But um, w- has that been kind of a uh, a point of emphasis? I guess that that they were uh, looking to improve coming into this year. Absolutely, I think one of the big things that they've had a lot of focus on, especially in the fall when we've got to talk to some of the coordinators and positional coaches, is they want to get better against the run and against big plays. They want to limit big plays because a lot of that rushing uh, trouble that they had was because a guy or two squirmed free uh, from a group of people and just went off down the sidelines. I mean, you look at that Western Michigan game, and my goodness, Ladarius Jefferson was all over the field. They just couldn't stop him. And then they went deep. Western Michigan went deep. And all of a sudden, Dwayne Eskridge is, is running for 75 yards. So really, it's about limiting the big plays as a whole. And then winning on third downs is another one that especially defensive coordinator Rob Akey's talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to get back to being one of the best teams in the MAC like they were in 2019 on third downs. And, and that all starts with stopping the run on first and second downs and putting the offense in bad positions and tough, uh, you know, tough positions to get that first down. So yeah, I would agree that a lot of it is against stopping the run and limiting big plays. 
The uh, the Chippewas bring – I mean, they've got 10 starters back from last year, and that's something we're seeing all over the country, right? I mean, so many guys got a free year that especially, I think, in some of these group of five schools, guys that maybe didn't have a surefire NFL future come back to school for another year. So they, they've got a lot of experience, especially the back seven. Um, if there's one thing Missouri has to improve, it's they weren't all that good. In the, in the They didn't make a lot of big plays in the passing game last year. Uh, do you get the sense – I guess what are people up there saying kind of about the matchup with, with Missouri's Connor Basilak and a lot of new receivers for, for Mizzou this year? Well, here's the big thing to watch out for is, you know, Missouri's got a lot of new receivers, but Central Michigan's breaking in almost a, a brand-new uh, batch of cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the safety position's pretty – loaded in terms of experience. They will miss Willie Reed, who's out um, with an off-the-field matter. Don't exactly know what that is, but at corner, they're breaking into Sean McNary, who who came on strong at the end of the year last season. But he also was, I mean, in the beginning of the year, he kind of got picked apart. Mm-hmm. And then at the other side, you're breaking in three guys, potentially four, who either have never played the position before or in either their first or second year on campus. And I'm talking about Rolian Sturkey, who's a converted safety, and then Dante Kent and Data Hill are both members of that 2020 freshman class that did elect to stay on campus and got some experience. And then true freshman Elijah Ricard. So that corner position is kind of thin uh, outside of McNary. Uh, lost another one, Brian Edwards, to the transfer portal. So it's going to be very interesting to see how a guy like McNary or Sturkey matches up with a guy like Kiki Chisholm. Who's, I mean, what is he, 6'5"? Yeah, six, five ish I think, probably about 2'15", two, 2'20". Right, so then there becomes your problem. I mean, McNary's 6'1", but everybody else, uh, well, Ricard's 6'1", as well, but outside of him, Starkey, Hill, and Dante Kent all listed at 5'11". Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're Rob Akey, uh, if you're Tim Skipper, how do you line up against that? And that'll be one of the things to follow. For sure. We are again talking to Christian Boer. He is the beat reporter for Central Michigan Life, the CMU student paper. Uh, he will be down in Columbia covering Mizzou and Central Michigan 3 o'clock on Saturday. want to take uh, one quick second to remind you, Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones sponsoring the show. They do so every Thursday. Uh, every Thursday this season, um, when Missouri has a game, we're going to be here talking to somebody that covers Mizzou's opposition and knows hopefully more about them than I do as uh, as Christian does about Central Michigan uh, knows a lot more than I do nobody is is going to know more about your financial future than Edward Jones and Stuart Eastman you see there the number 817-3108 make sure to uh, give Stuart your business tell him you heard about it on Power Mizzou and um, hopefully he will uh allow you to retire and travel all over the country and go to college football games. That'd be a good thing. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Christian, a lot about the individuals. I want to go a little bit more big picture here. Um, first of all, Jim McElwain comes in and takes over a, a, a program that it kind of bottomed out, right? One in 11 mm-hmm. year one Mac title game, eight and five heck of a year. 2020, again, I don't want to put too much stock in that because last year was so weird that, you know, I don't know if three and three is this, this, notification that they took a step back but uh you know I said when uh, McElwain was decent at Florida but but I said when Central Michigan hired him maybe there's some guys that like maybe that's his level because he was really good at Colorado State and came in and was really good at Central Michigan and I'm not saying that he's not a good enough coach to be in the SEC just some guys maybe fit a little bit better in certain places and and uh from the outside it, it seems like he's done a heck of a job up there 
No, you're absolutely right. The last regime with, with John Bonamigo as head coach had kind of run its course. I mean, the way they were doing things, it, you, you talk to some of the guys who were around for those last couple of years, and it was a lot of, you know, just kind of so-so practice and not a ton of intensity at practice. And that's, I think, why you saw kind of that 111 season. And the, and the other thing was that they had a couple of guys playing out of position. And the big one is Tony Poljan, who was the quarterback, the starting quarterback for that 2018 team that went 111. Jim McElwain comes to town, slides into tight end, and he goes and has a huge season. And he just signed that, you know, he, uh, two years later, he's in the NFL as an undrafted free agent with the Baltimore Ravens. So those kind of switches got flipped when when Jim McElwain started uh, as head coach here. You know, he not so much goofing off at practice, a lot of intensity. You know, all indications are we don't get a ton of practice access, but all indications are that he runs it like an NFL practice, like a like an SEC practice. So that intensity, that flip of the switch – I think kind of inspired a lot of these guys who did come to Central Michigan to win a championship and thought that that, might, uh, that opportunity might have run its course and then to have McElwain, that new blood in there. Um, and the other thing is he's got a heck of a coaching staff around him. I mean, just getting to meet some of these guys and speak with them during various media availabilities, you get the sense that these guys know their stuff. You get the sense that McElwain's brought the right group of guys together. And it's not just that they know their stuff. It's that they love football and they're energized about the game. One new hire in particular I want to touch on is Alvin Slaughter, the new wide receivers coach here when Barbe was promoted to offensive coordinator. They needed to fill his spot, and they went out and got Alvin Slaughter. And this is a guy that, I mean, from all indications, quite literally inspires the people in his wide receiver room to go out there and play harder. He talks about stacking good days on good days. And he's one of the guys who I think, at some point, it's going to have a future beyond Central Michigan. And I think that, again, hiring guys like Alvin Slaughter speaks to what Jim McElwain's been able to do since he came to Central Michigan into the Mid-American Conference. Well, you talk about McElwain being all business. I don't think that's a surprise. Uh, I think he's a good football coach. He doesn't strike me as, like, the most lighthearted, funny guy in the room, necessarily. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe that read is wrong, but but it is uh, the impression I've gotten from a distance. Um, so, look, first games, I mean, the talk here, when you're the, you know, the Power 5 program playing at home, you're a two-touchdown favorite, the talk here is – hey, don't slip up. This is the first game. We don't know. Anything can happen. I've got to imagine the talk when you're on the other side of that is, hey, this is the first game. Anything can happen. Why not us, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I think the big thing for Central Michigan, though, here is they got some things they still need to get figured out. And that's not always ideal when you're headed to SEC country for week one and you've got a bunch of things you need to get figured out. Um, So look for them. I would say one thing to look for is for, for Central Michigan to kind of decide who that starting quarterback is within the first two, maybe three series. Because otherwise, if you just keep playing the revolving door game, then it's going to be going, it's going to be getting away from you very, very fast. Uh, but going back to your question, I certainly think that it's kind of a go for broke mentality, especially now that McElwain might not be with the team. Um, I think that. Coach Skipper and company are just kind of throw going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Khalil Pimpleton coming out and taking snaps at quarterback or Lou Nichols or backup running back Darius Bracey or maybe even Marion Luke's a true freshman and we've heard a lot of good things about. So, again, like you said, it is going to be kind of that go for broke, uh, do whatever it takes, and, and maybe mess around and win a football game. So I certainly think, yeah, that it's going to be one of those risk it all, you know, nothing to lose games. Finish you up with with just a couple quick ones here. I mean, obviously, look, turnovers, penalties, things like that are are equalizers in any game. But um, does Central Michigan, 
to to be simple about it, do they have the talent? Do you think to to come in here and make this thing pretty interesting in the fourth quarter and and pull the upset, or do you think they're they're maybe a little bit away from that? I mean, I certainly think there's plenty of talent on this team to go in there and be competitive. I mean, if the puzzle pieces all fit together, you know, maybe Jacob Sermon uncorks a couple of 50-yard touchdowns to Khalil Pimpleton, and, and next thing you know, this offense is hanging 24, 31, maybe even 35 points. Um, but I think what it's really going to boil down to is that defensive interior. Going back to your point about not being able to stop the run, they've got two, uh, three, if you count Laquan Johnson, who's nursing a knee injury that he suffered last year. Um, they've got three solid guys at defensive end position, but in between the tackles, you've got a lot of youth. You know, Tico Brown's just a sophomore. Jaquez Bristol's into his third year of the program, but still hasn't. Uh, I mean, he's played plenty, but he just hasn't shown that he can be kind of that game breaker, run stopper. So, um, yeah, is there enough talent to to go in there and make this interesting? Absolutely. I'm just not quite sold that it happens. Yeah. Uh, last thing then, regardless of this weekend, um, whatever whatever unfolds on the road in Columbia, what's kind of this is a good season for Central Michigan if what happens? Uh, this is a good season for Central Michigan if they can establish a starting quarterback on the front end of that Mid American Conference season. If they can figure it out. And that can be a guy who can generate big plays for the offense because I don't know if you've seen their, their max schedule, but they go Miami, Ohio, Ohio, Toledo, back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to start. Mm-hmm. And Miami, Ohio, and Ohio are both on the road. And those are two of the best teams on the other side of the MAC in the MAC East division. So that you're going to find out who you are real quick if you still got questions going into those games. So look for them to feel this one out. I think that they certainly are going into the game wanting to be competitive, but I think they want to figure out who they are in this one against Missouri before anything else. And uh, if that means it kind of gets away late, then, then that's what happens. But, you know, this is a good year for Central Michigan. If games like this, games like Missouri, get them ready for the for that tough start to Mid-American Conference play. All right, so Christian, I appreciate all the time, man. Uh, I've been reading your stuff this week, trying to learn a little bit about the opposition. You're doing good work up there. And uh, how long is the drive going to be tomorrow? Oh, it's going to be about eight and a half, nine ah, hours. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. Not at all. All right. No. Well, uh, well, yeah, come in here. Get yourself some Shakespeare's pizza tomorrow night, and I'll have my guys say hey at the game on Saturday. All right. Hey, thanks so much for the opportunity. All right. Thanks once again, Christian Boer from uh, Central Michigan Life, the CMU student paper. We'll uh, we'll catch you later, Christian. Appreciate you being here. And one more time, want to thank uh, Stuart Eastman and Edward Jones for being the presenting sponsor of Opposition Research all year long. Look, guys, I, I don't know. I, I work every day just to know enough about Missouri. We like to bring on guys that, that know a lot more than I do about the other team. Christian certainly was that. Uh, everything you need to know about Central Michigan. Kickoff 3 o'clock, Missouri and Central Michigan at Furrow Field on Saturday. So appreciate Christian joining us and appreciate you guys checking it out. We'll be back tomorrow. Debut of our pick show. Andrew Jones is going to join me. Uh, so we'll do that tomorrow and game day just about 48 hours away. Thanks for watching.